Welcome to the Honest Enough Podcast with Eggy, Brian, and Alex. <laughs> when I look, like you? Yeah, when I looked you right in the eyes, that meant say your name. Not just, just look back at me. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Honest Enough, an ongoing conversation. I'm Eggy. I'm Brian. And I'm Alex. I have some prompt questions for you guys. What religion did you grow up practicing and have you continued to practice it? Basically, I grew up Catholic. Roman Catholic is what I was always told is what our religion is. I looked it up. It's not really a thing. Uh, at this point in my life, I refer to myself as an agnostic. I don't have enough conviction to fall one place or the other. Yeah, ag agnostic is one of those words like eclectic, where like once it was discovered by people my age, I'd never stop fucking hearing it. I'm actually a little surprised with your agnostic approach. I thought you would have gone for um, like deist, if you've heard of that term. Uh, several years ago, I was actually really into the idea of calling myself deist and being like uh -huh. into oh, for, the... Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say that this is for the listeners, but it's really for me. Can one of you guys describe, uh, okay. define so deist? There's a few things to parse out. There's theist with a T-H, atheist, and deist with a D. Deist is basically... Um, a non-interventionalist God. Okay, good. All so right. it's a God that basically made it and then goes, all right, y'all good. I'm going to go yep. over here and just observe you. I'm not going to intervene. I have nothing to do with what you choose to do. There is no heaven. There is no hell. I've arrived at that same thought. I don't think that we have a God that intervenes. I feel like we have, like, if there is some kind of presence that created everything, there's some kind of higher order, or like some kind of higher energy, whatever, whatever form it takes. It doesn't intervene. Like it happened, we were created, and it's off to do something else. You know, like I don't think it's like oh, like we don't have like a Overwatch. That make you a deist? Yeah, I just discovered I'm a deist. All I right. guess. A word uh, for and it. yourself, Brian? I grew up with kind of a mix, and I'm glad you guys like brought up this topic, by the way, because I know I probably grew up with a really different religious experience than you guys did. Awesome! I love when that happens. So my family's Amish. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese Amish. My real name's like Nathaniel. <laughs> no, so my family is loosely Buddhist and we follow a lot of like uh, ancestral worship and some Taoist stuff too. Give um, me a give me a one sentence Taoist explanation. It's very much like Deism actually. Um, there is some there is some higher force out there, but it's not its not trying to dip its hand in the pool and trying to like mess with the, the fish in there. This is like an energy. It is an energy, yeah. It's basically summed up just nature. Like there are, it, it, there is just something out there, something that sort of guides the way the universe works. You can call it physical laws. You can call it the way the universe was designed by a god, whatever. But essentially, it is something we cannot understand. Um, and the best you can do is to just sort of go with the flow. Go with how the world is w working. Um, and this whole concept of going with the flow, flowing like water, is sort of the root of like Taoism and kind of Chinese religious and philosophical uh, beliefs. In the sort of Eastern Asian um, world of religion, there are no like strict adherent. No dogma. No dogmas. Yeah, exactly. Like all all religions kind of just blend together. 
and they just sort of pick up what they like the most. And so you end up with like these hybrid religions of pseudo religions of like Buddhism, Taoism, like Confucianism. Chinese Buddhism is quite different from the original uh, Buddhism that was born in India. And now the Buddhism that also exists in like Thailand and Southeast Asia, it's, it's quite different. It's, it's kind of like Protestantism versus Catholicism. Did you give much thought to the afterlife when you were a kid? All the time. Me too. All the time. I think Catholic guilt, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that Like you thought strictly about heaven and hell. When am I going? No, I I thought strictly about how scared I am to die. Like I think that, yeah, like like I think that uh, growing up, I I grew up Catholic as well. And, um, you know, Sunday school and all that, all that kind of shit. Did you call it Roman Catholic? Never. Okay. I never called it Roman Catholic. I never grew up thinking like it was Roman Catholic. Honestly, I wasn't even privy to other religions growing up. Like I I didn't know that it was like, um, like I didn't know that religion was something that people identified with differently. You know what I mean? Like I, I never, like I knew that there were different religions, but I didn't realize the depth to which the religions were different. Um, so it was kind of like I never understood how Christianity and Catholicism are different or or those kind of things when I was growing up. But um, more importantly, like just the dramatics of Catholicism are always kind of geared towards this imminent danger. And um, it, it's it's a scary way to like look at the world, honestly. Like it's it's like a, a, a tyrant God, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what, uh, what some people call life, a lifeguard God. What's a, like, a lifeguard? Well, lifeguard God, like as in he's like watching, looking for you to do something where he's going to blow the whistle. Like you're like watching you to make a mistake mm-hmm. or to or to help you, you know, Asshole but it's this kind lifeguard. of like the opposite of deism, like the most intervening God that's ever <laughs> <laughs> you know, like an ab- absolutely number one prerogative yeah, is to intervene yeah. in your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, they'll try to convince you that like God is looking at you beat your pecker. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's kind of like it's crazy. <laughs> Um, can, can I illustrate just how violent uh, the thoughts of oh, a yeah. young Catholic are when yeah, it comes yeah. to like life and death? Um, so when I was a kid, our, so I was in Catholic school for a few years when I was very, very young. Um, and for example, I remember like uh, they would hand out coloring books. And one of the coloring books was the, I can't remember if it's 12 or 14 or whatever it is, the steps of the crucifixion of Christ. So, you know, each panel was a different step of the crucifixion of Christ. Like in one, he's falling and one, he's getting mm-hmm. helped up and one, he sees his mother, Mary. And there was so much blood to be added to these color books that we ran out of red crayon. That's so it's crazy. like six year old, six year olds like, yo, stop hogging the red crayon. I have to color in all this blood. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm fucking terrifying. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> it's insane. That is terrifying. the type of thing I grew and up it's, with. And, it, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because it's like one, one of the, the really like fucked up things, right? It's just kind of like you grow up within this, this religion or whatever it, it became a, a way to like tame the people or like have people live in fear. And I feel like I, I did spend most of my childhood living in fear, you know, like kind of, not necessarily like direct fear, like God was going to strike me down, but there was like this inherent, like just kind of like overcast fear of like, not that I was going to go to like hell. Like I never really was, into like oh shit i'm gonna go to hell if i do this but there is like a weird inherent fear that i can't quite put my finger on 
um at least growing up until i was able to kind of shed that and be like you know what it's funny so i can like, do whatever the fuck i want yeah and <laughs> and, and and it's crazy because i remember the exact moment that happened and it was uh i was in sunday school and i was studying for my first communion um no I lied i had already made did my first communion after that you do confirmation um, confirmation okay. so i'm studying for my confirmation so you're like 14 15 around that age yeah. wait and when do you do those things just you so do you do first communion around eight nine yeah and then so yeah I'll, so second grade and like yeah i'd say grade. like eight nine yeah. um so i was doing my confirmation i think i might have been in eighth grade when eight seventh or eighth grade when i was studying for my confirmation or whatever just going to sunday school and um my fucking sunday school teacher died <laughs> And oh shit dude was he old yeah it was an older okay. it was an older gentleman okay so he but, lived a but life. you see i didn't really think about it like that i just thought about it as kind of like wait this motherfucker coming in here every day talking to me about all this church Damn. bullshit i didn't even finish my confirmation and he got killed this can't be real like 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 this can't be like a real if, that, if that's not a sign from above yeah like, that's like probably what you're I thinking remember i stopped going to sunday school like i stopped going because i was like wait a second like this motherfucker's in the middle of teaching us this confirmation shit and like he died like on the train or something like it was like like he was an older dude this you was know? in the bronx uh no i lived in brooklyn at the time and um and he was an older dude and he just passed away in the middle of the confirmation and i was just kind of like wait so like this this god is is not i don't want to say he's a false god but it's just like bro none of this shit makes sense anymore you like weren't, you weren't seeing the benefits yeah like none of this shit made sense anymore because it's like then we didn't have a sunday school teacher for like two weeks and i'm like wait all these people of god no one can come in and teach us sunday school so I, I don't actually remember thinking like, oh, if I do this, I'll go to hell. However, I did think of hell as a place, like a physical place, so much so to the point where when I was a kid, uh, for some reason, when I was like four or five, I got really into like digging into like dirt and sand. Like it's like the first time I like had the, you know, you're a kid. You Somebody like, didn't grow up in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of a, <laughs> kind of a Southern thing. But like, yeah, like, you know, like there'd be like little shovels and pails. and be like, oh, cool. Let me grab some sand, put it in this shovel. But I remember always thinking like, don't dig too deep. Cause then you'll get to hell. <laughs> Cause then Satan's like, going to pop out yeah, with his horns. No, like legit. I thought that if I dug too deep, I would accidentally fall into hell. So it wasn't so much about me doing something wrong. It was That's more like funny. be cognizant. If you dig too far in the sand, <laughs> you'll fall into hell, which is definitely not what's taught. So I guess that the, the next uh, prompt is how do you feel that the religion you practice um, shapes not only your morality, but the general morality of the, the other people that practice it as well? I'll say my my upbringing and like how I was exposed to religion um, definitely affected the way I viewed other religions greatly. So like my so like I said, my family kind of brought me up with this multi multi belief system. Uh, and I not to mention that I grew up in a neighborhood where like my immediate neighbor was Greek Orthodox other side was Mexican Roman Catholic across the street was Jewish. Um, and I just had like exposures to all different kinds of things. That being said, um, my folks also sent me to Bible camp as a kid. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. That was probably one of the most interesting religious experiences I've Wait, ever had. How old? Why? Just because it was like a summer camp thing. Oh, oh so and it's they, just like, this is one of the options. Yeah. Available. And, and they also wanted me to be exposed to like different religions too. Like Yo, that was kind of their that's thing. Cool. That is so tolerant. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. 
So so what was the um like? Do you have is there is there any moment where you where like a, a specific moment where either of you can look at and say this uh, my decision my moral decision here is informed by my religious upbringing or or my religious practice? Like, have you ever had a moment like that? So one of the times my grandfather was sick, I do remember having this kind of it, like I would go through like a certain number of prayers as a kind of like, uh, <laughs> I guess, looking back an offering, like as if, if I pray this certain number of times, it will help his health. I think it was like 10, 11 at the time. Like I really was just like trying to have do anything I could to have any kind of control over his health and feeling like, Oh, if I just keep doing this, maybe it'll just help a tiny, tiny bit. So that's definitely something that, you know, had I not been Catholic probably wouldn't have been the first thing that came to my mind. I probably instead would have like, you know, wrote him a, a card or something like that. But instead I was yeah. like, I'm going to pray for you, bro. Yeah. And, and does that, does that fall back into morality? Cause I guess my, my, my concept of, of morality, right. is just kind of like, do you think that your religion is what keeps you from lying, stealing, cheating, murdering, et cetera? Yeah. I, I really don't, I really also don't know like if that has shaped how I make my decisions and like my morality, basically if it has shaped my morality, like I don't have anything to compare my decisions against, if that makes sense. Like I know I am a certain way, but is that a consequence of my upbringing or is that just my natural personality or is that just because I'm trying to emulate my dad, yeah. you know, or things like that? Yeah. Cause so, so the thing that, that strikes me about like religion in general is I have a friend of mine that, um, we were, we were speaking about this very same topic not so long ago where it was just kind of like, uh, basically one of the points is just, we don't need religion so, for people to know that murdering is wrong. Right. So, so just taking that, that concept, right? Like you don't need religion to inform people that murder is wrong, right? Like regardless of the law, right? Like, I, like the reason why I don't kill you is not because, oh shit, I might get in trouble. It's just kind of like I don't have an inherent desire to kill. I guess like the, at, the, at the root of it is wondering whether or not people need in this moment right now, right? Taking everything into account. If religion just disappeared tomorrow, right? Like, do you, like, like, do you feel like it's not needed, right? Like, is, is religion a supplement at this point? Like, is it necessary in any aspects of current human life? I think it is totally unnecessary. Ooh. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but I don't think it is required of any human. I think ethics and just kind of humanism and morality are enough and just the commitment to like uh making the world a better place doesn't really require a dogma now when i say i think it's unnecessary it's like you're using the word religion you're not saying you know spirituality or uh you know, a belief in like love or anything. You're saying specifically Specific, religion. Yeah, specifically so like religion. A, yeah, like a dogmatic structure yeah, dogmatic where there's a leader and, and churches, subjects and a whatever, book and yeah. all that. I think it's completely unnecessary at this point. Yeah. I'm a, in a functional state. I'm going to have to kind of elaborate, but also disagree with you, Alex. So I'm leaving. <laughs> See ya. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. So like to kind of go back to the whole deism thing that are, that I mentioned and I By knew, the way, I knew you were not a religion. No, nah. I knew you were. <laughs> um, and then to segue off that, this guy Voltaire, 
who I've read a bit of, you know, I'm, I'm sure Alex has read quite a lot about. <laughs> poet man, poet, poet man. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so I, I've read once that he was somewhat of a deist, if not completely so. And he sh- kind of strongly believed that religion was needed in the sense that it was a useful, it was a useful construct to get people in a society organized otherwise. Well, not otherwise, but it's because it's easy to use religion as the platform to get everyone to believe in a common uh, system of beliefs, values. values. It, it, and that keeps society like cohesive and like a group of peoples like stuck together and will cooperate it, together. In, in 17th century France, that makes total sense. Yeah. In 2019 America, I think the law does the trick. Right. But... Uh, let, let it be known that he was not into religion. No, he was not. Uh, I, I, even the most rational of religions, he was a critic of. Mm-hmm. He, um, he but, believed but he in God. Thought it was functional for the masses. Right. He believed in God in the same way most people these days believe in, like the Big Bang. Exactly. So there's there's two two things. Um, two things. Two things. I have one thing is I think that uh, the use of religion. I think it's uh I'm I'm have a, a completely different opinion than you as well. I think that it's absolutely necessary and I only feel like it's absolutely necessary because I think that it is a wonderful and magical way to check your own mental state. And the way that I say that, the way the way that I mean that is that I think that what religion does for me now um and it's the Catholicism do, uh, do, uh, really quick do you still consider yourself to be catholic yeah i do um i do or or christian i'm not like really tied to, to you don't either go to one. church right sometimes really yeah sometimes for the record Very rarely. I, every once in a while i still do to go to church really yeah yeah, yeah every oh, once wow. in a while i go because the the reality is that in times of high stress high stress situations or high str- like like just really really high stress i know that i close my eyes and pray like and i know that at night because I do it at night like and it's not a specific prayer it's not a you know I don't do 10 Hail Marys at like that exchange because I know the, ex- the the exchange that you're talking about yes. where it's kind of like I need to do 10 Hail Marys right. and I need to do this and that like I don't believe that God is fucking saying oh Edgar you only did 9 Hail Marys if you did 10 I would have saved up. your grandfather yeah, you, from yeah. dying you know what I mean I, I don't look at it that way but there has been many a nights where I've s- seeked solace in let me sit down and talk to God which is really just me talking to myself but when i am having these high stress situations and i do go home and i'm laying in bed at night and i say yo like don't don't let this go sideways you know what i mean don't let this go sideways like i find myself doing that so i I feel hypocritical to come back and say no i'm not fucking catholic i'm not christian or like you know we don't need this like i do see like i can't agree that it it's it's an archaic system that needs some revamping, some rethinking, some different kind of approaches. And I have been to some more like, uh, for lack of a better term, more modern Christian churches. Um, and, and the experience was fine. Like as a support system, as a community system, um, as the, what you mentioned about being able to bring people together and have them working towards a common ideal. Um, I think that it's a great community builder. It's all those kind of things when practiced, um, you know, with, with love. 
I think there is a distinction between religious thoughts and spiritual thoughts. I like to think of the world as more than just the physical. The reason I dislike the word religion or the idea of a religion is because someone or some people made a bureaucratic decision about what would be in it, what wouldn't and how it would work and what clothes you're supposed to wear and what's good and what's bad. Not based on morality, just based on uh, what they at the time thought was a good idea. Like if you're Jewish and they tell you you're not supposed to eat pork, uh, people will still believe it today because it was written a long time ago. And if it's old, therefore it's good. That's the problem I have with it. It's the idea that people that no longer exist that are from thousands of years ago still dictate what you do today. I have a ton of respect for the idea of like trying to tune into a cosmic power or something bigger than yourself and to tap into it and to seek relief from it. The problem I have is trying to seek relief from bureaucratic organizations. I, That's well, what I'm against. I guess in, in that sense, then we're all on the same page then. Fuck yeah. Like, like yeah. we're all on the same page. We're all different, Taoists. Different yeah. kind <laughs> of like, yeah, do, you say, do you say Tao or Dao? Dao. Because okay. one of the, because one of the, kind of like the, the Latin D word. Here's where it breaks down to me, right? If you believe that God is responsible for everything, right? God is responsible for everything. Like you telling me that I can't drink, but I want to drink. And God made me to want to drink. No, that that was Eve eating the apple. That that's what gave me all these bad desires. I don't know. And who man. put this fucking alcohol here? Like, why the fuck would God make the, a human the that snake invented in the alcohol? Of Eden I is think you to drink the alcohol. A long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. The snake. <laughs> a long time ago, a lot of people who are heads of certain local governments realize that, hey, the drunker people get, the more they act out. The yeah. more they vandalize shit, the more they rape each other, the more, the, mur- the more they murder each other. Yeah. Therefore, let's include this in the book. And hey, when people eat pork or shellfish, they tend to get sick or have allergic reactions. So let's put that in the book. I think these were yeah. all just common sense things that they made uh, part of their dogma just because it, like, were good rules to live by. So for example, don't steal, don't murder, don't cover your neighbor's wife, don't... Uh, <laughs> the carving of graven images, I haven't figured that one out yet. That seems kind of purpose. <laughs> like that doesn't have much of a purpose. Which one? What's that? It's one of the Ten Commandments. Which don't, one is carving it? Carving of grave images? Graven... Im- Please hold. <laughs> All right. Do, 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 it's funny because there's only 10 commandments do, 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 do. And, and most people George Carlin said there should be three really, <laughs> he yeah. brought them down to three no graven image graven see I'm not exactly sure what the word graven means oh. to be honest with you or likenesses so you're basically not supposed to like create idols that's what it's saying and yeah, no false idols and here we go for or, like here's my thing right and and this is the the where you jump in with this and the false idols and all that. And I understand that to be a political move because you had to change people's religion. Uh, when did polytheistic religions become mythology? Polytheistic. Polytheistic. I like polytheistic so much better. There is an know. S in there. Polytheatric. <laughs> Polytechnical. Yeah. yeah. Polytechnical Institute of New York. Yeah. Uh, because there was a moment in which... Uh, polytheistic religions. That is the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they it they, they they believed that to be true. It wasn't a set of stories. It wasn't this this kind of thing. It was more like that items 
and natural things they all had their own god you know there's a god of rice there's a god of weather there's a god of rain a god of right. sun of god of this tree over there to the left has a god you know like everything had its own respective deity and then there was one god to rule them all <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like pretty right. much when the elves forged it in the fire That's the when the lords became one emperor yeah so actually I need a. I need, I'm gonna have to correct you there, Edgar. Go for it. So first, um, polytheist polytheism still lives. It's still out there. People believe in it. The, actually, I think like a sixth of the world believes in many gods. Hinduism. Hinduism is, still is polytheistic. Culture. All of India believes in Hinduism, pretty much. Okay. Buddhism, you can argue is kind of like that too actually um it's kind of just branched off of hinduism so all of india is still polytheistic and that's like a sixth sixth of the world's population but i think what you're asking is when did it happen in the western hemisphere yes in our western world Yeah, sorry because i'll let me clarify i'm a very western thinking person like and it's just because I wasn't exposed to Eastern culture at all. Like literally, like this is gonna sound super childish, but I didn't have an Asian friend till I was like twenty eight. <laughs> and then Eastern cult, co- co- uh, twenty eight might be a stretch. Twenty six was probably the age because mm-hmm. that's when I started um, taking film and learning film, like Eastern filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got exposed to some Eastern culture that way. And then I, st- and then I started making friends with some Asian kids and, and just kind of being exposed to just the whole plight on the Eastern front. Like I have a, a very Westernized form of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, so when I say, uh, the switch from polytheistic to monotheistic, I'm, I'm specifically talking about Greek mythology, Roman mythology, and that entire, like, pantheon that entire yeah. pantheon becoming i don't want to call it a joke but just becoming a children's story irrelevant uh, so mm-hmm. for the record even at five years old in a catholic school i had asian friends oh, so wow. take that yeah. oh, they were just christian Asians. <laughs> you were in florida though Rams. yeah one was chinese and one was korean i had two <laughs> wow check you out progressive yeah bro um all right well if you want an exact date for the western world it is 313 a.d in the Roman Empire. AD in the Roman Empire, yeah. So less than 2000. Yeah, something interesting to note. Uh, technically, Christianity began in zero, right? Yeah. For 300 plus years, I guess. Actually, more than that, um, Christians were persecuted in the Roman Empire. Right. I'm sure everyone's like known that. Like, yeah, yeah, they Jesus, killed Jesus. Jesus was stabbed by a Roman. Yeah. The, the ultimate question of when did... Uh, like polytheism become like mythology or, or that brand because oh, that brand. see like hinduism let's yeah. put that one aside because hinduism i, I realized it exists and i was i i wasn't aware that they were polytheistic in the same mm-hmm. way that the greeks and romans were yeah well i can give you the exact date right 313 ad but yeah. let me ask you this question in turn what's what is like the difference between religion and mythology well, so so this is yeah yeah so and this is uh and, and I guess this is a matter of, of words right so mm-hmm. like uh, the difference is that mythology just looking at it as mythology immediately makes it just a story like it immediately makes it uh, a child story to me 
Mm-hmm. Like that's what immediately it turns to. It was it's kind of like, oh, look at these funny children's tales. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's just the way I always viewed it. Yeah. And it's and and even in that like context, it's it's made super cartoony. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. made to be kind of super playful. Right. Well, the reason why I ask you this though is because Christianity Christianity was made an official religion of the Roman Empire in 313 AD. Mm-hmm. But not everyone was a Christian then, right? Right. Obviously. It was just starting. It, in fact, the majority of people believed in like well, for the Roman Empire, Jupiter, um, which is like the equivalent of Zeus, Zeus and all that, right? They believed in those gods. So the reason why I ask you what's the difference between religion and myth is that now that at 313, the Roman Empire suddenly said Christianity is now the official religion uh, of our people. Would that then, would would you then say at that point, um, Zeus is no longer like the the leader of my religion like the head figure of my religion like would you suddenly change your religion can, can i jump in for a second so yeah this is really really interesting to me especially because of the show and book american gods right. and and just kind of like oh, others you, you've been like telling us to watch that for or telling Dude, me it's so, good. It. Yeah, it's pretty, so it's pretty decent the book is great the show is good <laughs> yeah. well i'll tell you this i'll tell you this and this is my my review of it i actually prefer the show only because Dang. The visuals in the book are so difficult to follow. You gotta like, work. You gotta work for you it. You have to yeah. really, really work for it. Like it's not a book that you. The like, visuals in the book. Yeah. Oh, so like okay. when they're describing the, the yeah. way things are looking, yeah. they're very hard to visualize. To the point where my girlfriend, who read the book a couple of years before me, thought the main character was white and he's actually black. Yeah, like that's, it's, that's how lacking it's some of the descriptions very, are. Yeah, it's very difficult to like. It's it not a lot. It leaves a lot to the imagination. And the dude, but the, the dude I would say in a good way, is, but he's know. great with like coming up with themes and like his stories and the plots yeah. are great. The plots but, are amazing, but, but, but for some reason he never delivers. Yeah, there's like, like a, he there's never a delivers. Li- there's with, a little bit more detail than maybe than that's by design though. So I you think can so. like I think it leaves room for your imagination. Interpret this. So you know how like a lot of religious texts are kind of left up to the reader's interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's like, it seems that American gods was perhaps done this way as well to sort of like, to give the tip of the hat to that so, kind of thing, to, like that's to make it a kind of like yeah. a new religion. And that's, almost. that's, and that's possible. So that's one, possible. One but. of the ideas in the book and, you know, in some other uh, pop culture literature that's come out in the last couple of years is that uh, the belief itself is what gives God's power. You know, therefore, the less the, the less people believe in Zeus, the less powerful he is, like, automatically. Like, it's not a matter of choice of, like, there's this right one, and whether people believe in him or not, that's the true right. leader. And, and that kind of aligns with the whole... Um, like, that human belief is powerful. Yeah, like, that that human's imagination is what creates these deities. Yeah, like, they, they get their power De- from deities. worship. Yeah. like, And that's right. why they'd want the offerings in the first place. Because and it live, gives them like, power. They live on, in America, I'm guessing, like, as people. Yeah, it's well, a little more complicated than that, but sort of. Yeah, that that's kind of like the general huh. the general okay. idea is, is kind of like that they, they are able to live amongst us as long as they have a certain amount of worship. And then 
with the increasing worship, they get more powerful. Right. That's so, so I'll, 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 without giving too much away, I'll, there's one character that's essentially used as a battery for a God's power. So the more this one character believes in this God, the more powerful this God becomes. And it's like, again, like a battery, like, you know, it doesn't say that in the book, but that's what I, you brought up a good point about the whole interpretation of it. That's what I interpreted because there are some gaps that are not filled for you, but I kind of just like made that choice myself and being like, Oh, his, his, his whole scheme is this. And it's that he's kind of like, you know, uh, saving this person's battery energy of yeah. belief for the and right moment to execute and a specific and, plan. And that's funny because I didn't interpret that that way. The yeah. way that I interpreted it was that uh, the further that a person is from that deity, like their belief, the like the like the less belief they have, the more powerful it is to con- when you convert them. Oh, that's an interesting. So it's kind of like so it's basically like if you don't believe in any gods, you know, because uh, you don't believe in anything, you don't believe in anything, you have no deity, you, you're not even Deus. You know what I mean? You don't believe in any of that. To be able to convert you is worth more. Like you get more power from that Shit, than converting a- someone who's not. That's a someone pretty who, solid. Like someone, someone who believes, believes in another guy. Yeah, like let's say you believe in yeah. Zeus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I could make you believe in me. Uh, so because it's just a transference from believing in this God to believing in this God, that's worth less than if you believe in nothing and I make you believe in me. Anytime you think of something as mythology, you think of just like, this is just some made up story. Like, ha. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. But from the academic perspective, though, like as you pointed out, like all throughout school, like when we were growing up, they always made us do a Greek mythology project. And yeah. then even for a col- up to college for yeah. you, right? You had to do that. But the important thing is that like they only taught you in classes and in academia, the stories, like the tales. Mm-hmm. And from the academic perspective, all religions have mythology. Right. And all like the mythology that we think of uh, are the, just the stories, but there's also a set of beliefs and practices that are outside of just the stories that encompass the full uh, belief system, which is what we would call a religion. Um, so like that's, that's like the important distinction in school. We were never taught about like the Greek religion belief systems. Like right. we knew the gods, we knew their stories. Like we knew like, Zeus killed his father Kronos to become the king yeah. of gods. Atlas is holding the world up. Exactly. But we were never taught like how to worship Zeus and things like that. Those are like the set of, I don't know, man, I kill sheep all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I killed like all my enemies yeah. in battle and my, pray my, to the God. My, my front lawn is just scattered in guts. Well, yeah. see, and, and I guess my, my, my gap in knowledge there is not like, I don't have a desire to learn how to like worship Zeus. Right. But, but I, I am curious as to how that society is built around those concepts. Because like, for example, uh, uh, in monotheistic religions, they all have a common thread of, damn, what's that other religion that, that you guys mentioned? The one with the Z? Oh, Zoroastrianism. Right. So like that, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, yeah. but the Z religion yeah. kind of introduces, it's kind of like the, the forefather of all the monotheistic religions. And yeah. what it does is introduce this concept of good and evil. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. introduces this binary. A, a duality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This duality of like, good there's good and there's evil you do mm-hmm. something it's either good or it's evil right and they're separate and, entities right and they're separate entities governed yeah. by separate rules governed by separate things right Correct. 
that doesn't exist in polytheistics, right? No, because in polytheism, every entity is capable of go- both good and bad. Right. Yeah. So Ze- then Zeus raped a lot of people. So so yeah. then to me, it's like I feel like how like uh, what I'm always been curious about is how does that shape the morality of the person within that culture? That's, if if you're not looking at good and evil as duality, you're more looking at it like any individual is capable of both. That's that's a really good question. Yeah, cuz I I think um no academic here, but I think like with the whole with we're not academics yeah we're not academics we're just honest enough yeah (laughs) so i I think with the whole like duality thing i suspect we're all like brought up to believe then that like you're either good or bad Mm -hmm. we're not we're not brought up to believe we can and obviously are capable of both things and that's okay yeah just try to not be a dick Right, like basically, like like it's like, and I love the way that that you pose that because it's like whatever you, whatever you believe your gods to be, mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you internalize for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like you that's that's your like uh, well, you're parameter. Made in, you're made in their image, right? Right. So that's your parameter. So if you move around, if you grow up believing that you if your gods are good when they need to be, even when they good when they need to be, and then you apply that to yourself, where there is, you know, you can be either one at any point in time and both are justifiable in their own ways. So growing up Catholic, like, like with that background, I, I grew up with that duality, right? Where you're either, you, you do good and you do evil. It's two separate things. Boom, boom. So like, let's say if I killed someone, even if it was entirely justified in my end, where like, and justified in the sense that like of the law, like legally justified, like no, you're protecting not yourself. legally justified oh, okay. justified morally justifiable to myself like like in the sense like this like you, dude like you just didn't right, look, do it in blind rage yeah like like bro listen look like you walk in and someone's like beating up your mom and mm. you like in a blind rage throw right. him out a window yeah right so in blind rage you throw him out this window i think that there's still a level of guilt uh, assigned to it from doing that deed Whereas maybe if you don't have that duality, does that guilt exist, or is it kind of like so a you're consequence saying, of would it, would a polytheist see a problem with that if it aligns with you know like their favorite god? Like, is that another way of asking the right, question? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like, like, for example, if you worship Mars, Ar- so, yeah. If you Aries, Aries yeah, or same, Mars, right? Same you thing, you yeah. worship Mars or Aries, so you maybe you, see murdering someone or killing someone in that context as like this is what Aries or Mars would want me to do. Therefore it is right. Right. So, you know, let's sub in the word right for good. Yeah. So I'm good. Then, like, yeah. Then it is like, like right. Good, justifiable. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and, 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 and the law system has to be different. And in, in if you have, if you have, if you lack that duality, because for example, if you, in that moment, you're, praising aries or mars you're killing this person in a way that you feel is justifiable and then it's like afterwards it's like how could i hold you accountable for killing that person if it aligns with your worship and i keep saying worship and and i can't sound out that o perfectly but i mean w-o worship Worship. Worship. We, worship. We, worship. We got a true northeastern group here yeah seriously bro i cannot get it together worship yeah, th- what he said. I keep. I've said worship about forty six times, yeah. and I, I just keep yeah, fla- seeing a j- like the fucking yeah, coffee and flour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like that. That's. I really wonder a lot about that duality of good and evil and how that shapes 
our own morality because even if we don't practice if you grew up in america it's unavoidable right like you're growing up under a banner of some form of christianity and and so so that odds are odds are so yeah. that duality the way it's baked into the bread is kind of inex inescapable so like i feel like most people in america that are um assimilated are aware of that duality so i just want to bring up one point um with respect to so we kept bringing up or you kept bringing up edgar like irrespective of the law like irrespective of the consequences of murdering someone because of the law right i just kind of want to bring up the fact that that our legal system in the u.s and most of the western world if not all of the western world um is heavily based on like christian values abrahamic religious values of like don't kill a person because killing is wrong um like if we kind of go back further with like hammurabi's code right that was the law but you could kill a person if that person killed you know someone close to you and that was totally fine um they believed in many gods you know to kind of maybe answer your question if whether polytheism could have affected a person or even a society on how they believe uh what is right and what is wrong yeah so um, it, it does it, it does shape because because like possibly. religion shapes the the like the laws around it and yeah you would the you would think so we it. would think so yeah like even um the kingdom of israel their laws were based off the torah and other books of the old testament have you both heard the story of the good samaritan in the bible no the good samaritan i'm, I'm not familiar with any bible stories i find it really interesting because you of course have to listen to these stories in the context they were originally delivered to really understand their meaning and you know going back to law in the kingdom of israel lawyers studied the bible this is how the, the hebrew bible this is how the law was based this story the good samaritan in the new testament begins with a guy a lawyer talking to jesus who at the time was just this weird radical who would hang out with <laughs> unsullied people trying in to the tell everyone he's israel. the son of god that's right <laughs> basically trying to prove that Jesus is like this danger, dangerous lefty radical. This is in front of a crowd. The story is told. The lawyer quotes Deuteronomy, which is part of the Torah, and says, well, according to God, the most important thing you can do is love your God and love your neighbor. And who exactly qualifies as a good person or a bad person? So he's trying to kind of throw shade and say that like Jesus is like the type of people that he thinks is your neighbor is like the prostitutes and the poor people and like the criminals. Because at the time, Jesus was this guy who was making friends with these people and saying that even you have a way into the kingdom of heaven. So now we get into the Good Samaritan. Jesus answers by telling a story. A man was traveling on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem and was beaten up by thugs and left for dead. A priest comes by along and does not help him and walks on the other side of the road. A religious leader sees him and also doesn't help. And then a third person comes by, a Samaritan, and helps him. So this is like the point where like the crowd would gasp because Samaritan at the time is kind of like saying communist in the 1960s. Like it's like saying like a communist came by and helped this man when a priest didn't and another religious leader didn't. So everyone in the audience would be like, whoa, 
because they had heard this story in different ways many times, but they wouldn't have heard it with this specific little twist on it, that the third person who actually helps him is someone who we've all demonized as someone bad. It's really a story about how even people that you demonize are capable of very, very good things. And it's not really about the labels you put on people. It's the individual person and whether they choose to do good or choose to do bad that matters. But a lot of people who talk about the story talk about it like, be the good Samaritan. And they don't even know the context in which someone who was a Hebrew would hear the word Samaritan and how evil that would sound to them. Oh, so it's kind of an oxymoron. It's absolutely an oxymoron. And the whole point of it is not that anymore. It's, it's like the good not dictator. anymore. It's lot. Now they're like synonymous. It has lost yeah. its meaning. And the, the, the true meaning of it, the way someone in that audience probably would have taken the story, which, you know, that's more aligned with what I would consider to be like a meaningful belief system. Do you think that there will ever be a return to uh, an oral belief system no we're, we're past that point well do podcasts count mm. <laughs> yeah i mean because like you like you just made me nostalgic for a time that i've never experienced because um like as you were talking about just how it was uh passed on orally before uh and and when anything is passed on orally it has to be delivered by the speaker and everyone else is in on the conversation. So it's well, kind of a would, lot of back and forth and it's more interactive. That's the really, I think that's the point of an oral oral tradition is that it's easier for people to remember. Well, uh, uh, you could, you could tell a story and also, like not remember every single detail, but still basically yeah, get the point. Right. I think that the important part of it is that it's easy to edit. I think is the important, uh, like the important fact or the important difference between like written histories and oral histories is just that when you have an oral history it's easy to make adjustments it's more fluid with the times it's more like it seems like it's more uh interactive like you said for lack of a better term because as you tell the story and as you continue to tell the story that story will continue to evolve whereas written text is kind of static it's not it's not open to edits it's not open to to rethinking it's not open to uh contextualizing and it, and it's funny that that uh christianity in general is rooted in that duality of good and evil and in that story if you take it in that the hebrews view the samaritans as evil it's not for no reason i'm assuming so with that being said it's like a capacity for evil people to do good kind of like plays against that duality that christianity is kind of so into you know well i'm actually reading about the samaritans right now the Samaritans are actually uh, a religious group who are the project, like the, they're the original Jews. Kind of like Jews and Christians, huh? Exactly, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Jews, precursor. The Jews are to the Samaritans what the Christians are to the Jews. Like they believe wow. and they, they adhere to the original Torah. Their Samaritan Torah is the original unchanged one. And supposedly, according to Wikipedia, the the Jewish one is edited. I always do get this feeling that like things are always just kind of rewriting constantly. And it's like this kind of I'm sure the Samaritans like it's like, yeah, I mean, if you notice now, like a lot of conservatives will say things like 
uh, you know, to believe in common Judeo-Christian values. Like, have mm. you ever heard the term Judeo-Christian values? Mm. Like, that would have been a ridiculous term a hundred years ago. Like, it would have been like Judeo. You you mean Christian, right? Like, what yeah. do you mean Judeo-Christian? Yeah. Kind of a- like Abrahamic. Hey, yeah, yeah. Like, where it just kind of blurs into one thing. Like, if techno religions pop up and you start having AI that people worship, yeah. all the old religions are going to band together and be like, all right, we got to figure this out together, yeah. and we'll start to, you know, I, have common beliefs. I think I think it'll be a departure from it wouldn't be a, a changeover from uh ai worship uh the ai worship the uss ai this is a ship of war. <laughs> this is a warship the uss ai and um i don't think it'll be like a fucking change from them following these abrahamic religions to then following this ai religion but i do believe that at some point there'll be a departure from monotheism so, to what yeah. I, huh to what I, i'm not i'm not that smart but i do feel like i think that there is something I, I think that there is a ripping at the seams quality about the status of the church and catholicism and christianity um and, and the the only reason i believe that is because you like this current pope is doing a lot of things that another pope would never have done for the sake of promoting Catholicism to the next generation. I, he I'm might not, be doing it because he actually thinks that's the right thing to do. I, I think that he yeah. totally believes that's yeah. the right thing to do, but I, I think that 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 desire that, yo, pope this Francis, is now the right thing about. to do yeah. speaks to a need to, to revitalize the church. Doesn't the Catholic church elect the next pope yes anyway yeah. he was elected so it's possible that the catholic church as a collective wanted to move in this direction right like but, they but, chose this guy because they knew he and, was and this I think type that of character part of that, and i think that part of that is uh, an effort to revitalize i mm-hmm. mean I, I don't know what what their statistics are as of now but i i i just and i'm just completely basing this on my personal experience and just the things i see every day it's just kind of like like I do feel like that that change that need to change stems from an effort to revitalize. So, um, so then, but I was going to say something about the relationship of power and, and that whole thing, because powerful people I think are built differently than regular people. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, repercussions play into that. And if you grow up rich, um, you, you, you worry less about repercussions. I mean, that dude who got like six months for rape and it, he he kind of the Brock judge basically his, the, the, ju- crazy, the judge bro. basically said Fuck like oh but guy. he's a good kid let you yo, know boys being crazy. boys it, that you know that's and we, his dad we, yo <laughs> we sometimes refer to this as privilege right so yeah, that you know if you crazy. are powerful you do have a certain privilege and like maybe you could you could not be rich necessarily but have all sorts of local power that other people don't have so it's kind of a relative term but generally in America power equals money. And political influence. And I do think people who grow up not having, knowing that they have these safety nets in place, uh, get a little bolder and a little bolder and a little bolder. And I think those same people, if you pluck them out of their perfect situation and put them in a situation where they had to kill or be killed, um, I think they would prove to be pretty fucking vicious people and that they just not really ever been tested to show how evil they are. You know, like uh, there's an interpretation of, 
I don't, I don't subscribe to demonic or Satanism or anything like that, but there's an interpretation that all that Satan does is provide opportunities for you to show how evil of a person you are. And he's just trying to tempt you into proving that you don't actually belong in heaven with the good people, that he's like part of this system and more like a cop who's like trying to more like entrap you. Uh, because you could live this very comfortable life and never actually be tempted to do anything evil because you don't have to steal shit because you're rich. And if you take them out of that, pos- uh, if you put them in a less comfortable position where they have to make a decision on whether they want to do good or bad, uh, the good people will still do good and the bad people will do bad. And that's how the souls get trapped. That's one interpretation of it. Duality, it can be a bit yeah, of a bureaucracy. Like that. Yeah, that duality <laughs> yeah. sounds like, you know, like it's kind of like... Robbers, yeah.